Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hi, fellow listeners, and welcome to episode four of Can I Pick Your Brain? If you want to skyrocket your business through Facebook ads, then you must listen to this episode. Today, I have Facebook marketing expert, Aaron Zakowski. Erin is the CEO of Zamo Digital, a Facebook ads agency focused on helping startups accelerate growth and achieve scale through Facebook ads. Erin has spent over $1 million on Facebook ads and has generated over 200,000 new signups and leads for his clients. His clients include eBay, Envision, Cuisine Art, Treehouse, Ubix, and many others. Erin, welcome to the show and thanks for letting me pick your brain. Hey, Daniel. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to hear about how I can use Facebook and other social media tools to grow my following. But first, um, Aaron, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into Facebook ads? Uh, Yeah, sure. So um, I actually started my career, I was an accountant, actually. And Mm -hmm. um, from there, I transitioned into uh, working at an e-commerce company uh, where I was a CFO for a while, but, you know, got really excited about a lot of the... uh, Opportunities in the internet marketing and, you know, in the early, I guess it was around, uh, 2005, 2006 back then. And, uh, just the internet was this, you know, incredible opportunity, so many ways to, to grow businesses. And, and I kind of transitioned to that space about 10 years ago. And since then, I've been consulting and building businesses and, you know, even investing in some internet companies. Um, and, and recently I've kind of found, you know, Facebook ads to be an incredible niche. And for the last couple of years, this is really where I've been focused is consulting and, and helping businesses grow and user acquisition and, and generating more sales through Facebook ads. Amazing. Okay, now, the thing is, I'll tell you like this. I've always been skeptical about Facebook ads. I grew my business predominantly on Google, organic Google searches. I always kind of saw Facebook as like a place where people share pictures of their cats, dogs, you know, what they ate for breakfast. You know, do people really buy stuff on Facebook? Uh, do people buy things on Facebook? They do, but, but it's a bit more complicated. So it, it's interesting. You mentioned Google ads, and there's a big difference in terms of when I recommend that some businesses should be on Google and some probably are more likely that they'll have, find success on Facebook. And the way that I explain it is if people are looking for your product, if people are looking for a solution to a problem that, that your product or service can sell, well, then they're probably mm-hmm. going to Google that. And, and if they could find an ad for your company, then that should do really well. And that'll help convert because there's user attend. People are trying to solve a problem in their life right now that, that you can help them with. However, there's a lot of products out there as well that people are don't even know they have the problem. They're not looking for a solution. But you know that you have a product that could really help these particular types of people, if only they knew you existed, but they're not looking for you. Well, that's a great way to use Facebook ads because it allows you to search for the right types of people rather than waiting for those people to search for you on Google. So you're saying it's more brand awareness than anything else? You know, it could be brand awareness, but it also could be um, a lot more than that. So, for example, I don't recommend to my, my clients that you start off by selling because, like you said, people aren't on Facebook to buy things. They're looking to build relationships. They're looking to find interesting content. So usually what I recommend to to clients is don't sell to cold leads. Don't try and sell to people that don't know who you are yet. So so create an initial campaign where you're targeting new people with interesting and valuable and helpful free content. So, for example, that might be a blog post where you're teaching people about how to solve a problem in their lives. It might be a a, what we call lead magnet, a free ebook. Or, or webinar or something like that, we're going to provide a lot of free, very valuable content to them in return for an email address. And what that allows you to do is bring them to your website, bring them into your world a little bit, get to know you, get to see the value you can provide. 
And then once you've started to do that and, and build a relationship with them, then you can try and sell them in, in the next phase to, to what we now have as warmer leads on, on Facebook ads. And, and the way we might do that is, is by doing retargeting. So you get people into your website the first time just by giving free content. And then once they've come and gotten to know you a little bit, then you might run some follow-up ads targeted at those people who have already visited, and then maybe you try and sell them on, on a product. Can you just uh, explain, because for some of our listeners that don't know what retargeting actually is, can you just explain exactly how that works? Sure. So most of you have probably experienced retargeting at some point and maybe didn't even realize it. So you've probably visited, let's say, you know, a, a website looking for, for shoes, let's say, and mm-hmm. you've never been to this website before. You visit, you leave, you don't buy anything. And then suddenly every place you go on the web, you're seeing ads for for the same shoe company. You're like, wow, I never noticed them before. <laughs> well, the reality is yeah. that they, you weren't seeing ads for them before. They've got a little piece of uh, of code on their site, which is able to drop what we call it as a cookie. It's a, it's a I guess it's a, a retargeting code on, on your browser, which allows them mm-hmm. to continue to show ads to you. And the same thing could be done on, on Facebook as well. So when somebody visits your website, and you implement this very simple code on your site, you are now able to retarget those same people and show ads to those visitors who have already come to your website before. Does it cost money to run a retargeting campaign? So obviously, whenever you're running ads, you're going to be paying for the ads to to Facebook or Google or whatever the platform might be. But Mm -hmm. there is no additional cost beyond just the cost of of running ads. So, So retargeting ads can be, you know, some of the highest ROI that you're going to find on anything, simply because, you know, these are people who have already come to your website, they've already gotten to know you, and therefore they've expressed interest. So these are warm leads already, as opposed to going out and finding cold people who have no idea where you are. Retargeting is a great way to, to market people that have already given you some consideration. And it's also cheaper. As, as far as I've researched, uh, remarketing ads are cheaper when they click on it than if they were to click on a, a a new ad on Facebook or on So I'm not sure if the, the ads are actually cheaper in, in terms of the, the cost per click or the cost per thousand impressions, but mm-hmm. you should have a higher return investment nevertheless because you, you will have a, a higher click-through rate on your ads. They'll be more likely to click than, than people who don't know you, and they'll be more likely, more likely to purchase than, than people who have never experienced you before. So definitely the ROI is there. Okay. Is it worth paying for sponsored ads? Or, because a lot of people post free stuff on, on Facebook. It, cost, it doesn't cost any money, obviously, to post you know, things on Facebook. Why would someone pay? You know, I always see it says, do you want to boost your, you know, uh, this, this uh, whatever it's called, whatever I'm producing, you know, this blog, right. and, and I have to pay for it. Why would I pay for it? Why wouldn't I just rely on the free? Right. Free so, so over the past number of years, you know, Google's organic reach, and by that I mean the, the number of people you're going to reach from your Facebook page for free, has decreased significantly. A lot of people will complain that that's because Google's trying, or sorry, that Facebook is trying to squeeze more money out of you, and to some extent that there, there may be some truth in there. But, but Facebook's worked really hard to try and create an algorithm that provides the best user experience for those people who are using Facebook and, and provide the content that is the most likely to interest you coming down your newsfeed. So what happens is if, if a Facebook page is not consistently producing content that is being engaged with by their audience. And by engaged with, I mean people aren't clicking on ads, people aren't commenting, liking, sharing. Then pretty quickly, your organic reach, by that I mean the people who will see your content for free, is going to decrease dramatically to the point where maybe 1% or 2% of your fans on your page might actually see that. So by boosting, so for, mm-hmm. I was gonna, so, so by boosting the post, you have the ability to actually reach a much larger percentage of, of your fans, customers, and uh, and to boost it beyond the people who already know your page to actually go to pay people who may not be familiar with your brand and your company yet. So let's say someone has an average of a thousand, let's say someone has a thousand uh, followers on Facebook sure. and they put out a, a post, whatever it is, how many, 
you'll say roughly on average, if they don't boost it, how many people are likely to actually see that post? Listen, it, it really varies, but I would say for most companies, it's going to be less than 100. Really? So only less than 100 out of 1,000? Right. Wow. And um, in terms of, let's say, Facebook groups or pages, for example, I now just started a Facebook page mm -hmm. where I've got a, you know, I, I sent, a, I guess, a, a request for all of my followers to, to like the page. What's the difference between a Facebook page and a Facebook group, and which one is better? Which one would, would you put more effort into? So personally, I, I believe more in, in pages uh, rather than mm -hmm. groups. And the reason why is that it does happen to be more of a, a one-way communication where I'm the only person posting things. People could comment and, and get into communication with me on my posts. But it also allows me to build an audience that I can then market to, that I can run ads to. To me, ads is the way to grow communication. It's the way to put your relationship building on scale. We've got to think about you know, taking a step back to what is Facebook and what is social media. It's a place to mm -hmm. use media, meaning technology, to be social. So the whole point of this, especially you know, as, a, as an entrepreneur or as a, as a business, is to build relationships with those people that are connecting with us by, by liking our, our pages. People want to do business with people they have relationships with and, and people that they, that they like and they have a brand affinity with. So by having people like my page and then continually showing them great content and responding to their comments and, and, and interacting with them, then they like me and they like my company and they want to do business with me. So I can use Facebook ads off my page to continuously make sure that a much higher percentage of my fans are seeing my content in, on a more consistent basis. And that allows me, if I'm providing value to them, to to build that relationship and make them want to do business with me. Now, going to the other question, part of the question you asked me about groups, groups are a great way where you can build a community, I would say, of like-minded people who want to talk about similar topics and share articles about similar topics. And, and that can be really good, you know, if you can build a, a large active community in there and everyone mm -hmm. associates it with you or with your company as, as the overarching, I guess, glue that holds that community together. But that doesn't give you the ability necessarily to reach out to those people and, and communicate with those people per se. And it also gives other people a lot more voice within the group. You know, your group members can post their own content and that might be competitors also. That could be anybody who's kind of mm. stealing away the attention a little bit. But there are so you're saying like, place. okay, so the Facebook page is a lot more sort of, I guess you can hone in and focus on what you want to produce. No one else can, can write anything on there other than just comment on your posts that you're putting on the, on the page. Generally, yes. I mean, there, there are settings you could change to allow other people to post, but, but generally you wouldn't want to do that too much. Right. And if someone likes my page, what's the likelihood when I do post something on the page that they're going to see it? So that, that, that's kind of what we just discussed before, you know, what percentage yeah. of, our, of our fans are going to see our things. So I, I would say it's probably below 10 percent. But for wow. depending on how many fans you have for a very small budget, you can make sure the large percentage of those people have it. So let's use the example again you said before of having a thousand fans. Well, mm -hmm. usually we pay for Facebook ads on, on what we call a CPM basis or cost per thousand impressions. So it might cost me ten dollars to five to ten dollars let's say depending on whether it's on desktop or mobile and things like that to reach a thousand people with my ads so what that means is if i have a thousand fans for ten dollars i can reach more or less all of them with a piece of content and i think that's a pretty good investment if you're going to be investing in building a relationship with people you know they, they say that you know it's better to have a small you know hundred a thousand people really are your raving fans rather than yeah. having, you know, tens of thousands of people who just kind of, you know, click like on your page. So, so right. spending a little bit of money for a small business to, to reach your fans and build that relationship is, is a tremendous investment that could, that could really pay off very, very well. I see a lot of these competitions popping up on Facebook. Do they work? I mean, how, how, does, how does it work exactly? And do you, would you recommend it to our listeners? Contests could do, could do really, really well. 
people. I, I've had that work well for, for myself and for clients in the past. Mm-hmm. People like to win things. People like, you know, free opportunities to, to get content. So you know, I, I've run these things not so much for Facebook ads, but rather to, to generate emails. I was involved, a partner in a company last year that we, we had a physical product that we were selling and we, we had a, you know, small base of, of fans on, on Instagram and on Facebook and an email list. And our goal though was to, to grow email because ultimately email is still the, the best, you know, revenue source for, for marketing. It, it's, it's stronger than Facebook and any other marketing platforms in terms of being able to continuously sell to people. And it's also its, it's owned media. You know, Facebook might close down one day. Twitter may change their algorithms one day. Once mm-hmm. you have people's email, they don't change that very, very quickly. So, so we right. ran a, camp, uh, a contest campaign where we said, we're going to give away a free you know, widget that we were selling. Just sign up with your email address and you've got a chance to win. And, you know, at the end of the week or the month, whatever it was, we're going to pick a winner. And then people were giving us lots of emails. But we, we used a an app called, uh, I believe it's called King Sumo, made, made by Noah Kagan and, and the app Sumo folks. Uh, uh-huh. that, that basically created, Sumo me, no? Uh, they have Sumo me, but they also have King Sumo, which is a WordPress app that they, that okay. they created. It's not terribly expensive, but what it allows you to do is create a, a viral campaign, so to speak, a viral contest. So you say, I'm giving away, you know, this prize, sign up with your email. But on the back end, after they sign up, it says, well, here's your u- unique tracking link. But if you share this link with anybody else by sharing it on Twitter or Facebook or emailing your friends about it, and anybody uses this link to sign up later on, well, then we're going to give you three extra chances to win. So what that does is it makes everybody want to start sharing your contest even more with their friends because they want even more opportunities to win by bringing their friends to the contest. Uh, and then it kind of creates this, this viral effect that people start to share your contest and you get more and more new people signing up and, and gathering more emails of people and now you can start building relationships with. So it's not just for B2C. I always saw Facebook as more like B2C, you know, businesses that are, that are selling to consumers. Does it work as well for B2B, uh, people who are selling to business owners? Absolutely. It, it absolutely works well for, for B2B. You just have to think about having the right content strategy. You know, if you're selling a B2C, a consumer product, so you might just run, you know, ads for coupons and sales and pictures of your, you know, pretty, you know, clothing or, or, or products, whatever it might be. B2B, I think you need to focus more on a content strategy where you're sharing, like I said, more more content in blog posts and white white papers and, and ebooks and things like that that are providing value to help people solve the problems that, that your company can help them, help them with. So basically what you want is essentially is you want them to come off of Facebook, come to either your website, give your email, give their email address, download an ebook because you don't really want to be selling on Facebook itself because people don't buy on Facebook. But what they will do is they will exchange their email address for a either a, a competition, a chance to win something or free uh, ebook or whatever it is that you're offering. Right. So ultimately what Facebook is, it's, it's the way to reach new people that you think are the right fit for your product. Now, mm-hmm. once you've done that, you, you don't want to sell to cold people. You want to build their relationship, like I said. You want to get them to know who you are and, and how you can help them. And like I said, there's lots of different ways you can do that. You can do it through eBooks. You could do it through blog content. You could do it through video. But And you can bring them into other platforms, whether it be your website or getting them onto other social media platforms. They start to familiarize themselves with you. And, and after a while, when the time is right for them, they may decide to do business with you. Okay, so give me an example. Let's say somebody now wants to start using Facebook to get more exposure, to start getting more clients. What, what, first of all, what, what budget should they, should they uh, start with? Because a lot of people think, well, should I start with a thousand dollars? Should I start with a hundred? What do you recommend? You know, everybody's got a different budget depending on the size of the company. But I always recommend that people start small, trying to figure out what works, and then once you 
you have a system and a sales funnel that's working for you, then you can start to scale up that budget once you see what works. You know, depending on the type of company, it, it, it could be very different. You know, you definitely want to start off, you know, the, the low-hanging fruit would be retargeting campaigns. So a small budget targeting the people that have already been to your website, depending on, on how long you think the sales funnel is for what you're selling. You know, it may be, you know, thanks for visiting our site. You know, why don't you sign up for a free trial of our software? It might be, mm-hmm. thanks for visiting our site. You know, why don't you sign up for this great ebook that we put together that will, you know, help you with whatever you need help with that we can, that we, that we can do for you. In addition to the retargeting, you know, there's other ways that Facebook has really powerful audiences, such as custom audiences. And what that means is you can take an existing list of customers. Let's say you've got a, a subscriber list of, of, of emails. Um, you can take your email list and upload that to Facebook, and they will make as many matches as they can to the profiles that they have in, in their system. And then you can now target Facebook ads at your email list. And that's another wow. way, like we said before, that you can continue to, to market to the people who already know you just to build and strengthen that relationship. Um, and so those, those retargeting and these custom audiences are great ways to to try and, and build the relationship with those who already know you. But we could look use interest groups and what's called lookalike audiences on Facebook to reach new people who don't know you at all. And that's really the power of Facebook to really, really help you grow your business and grow your audience. Uh, the retargeting the custom audiences may be to sell, but the lookalikes and interest audiences are to help you grow new people into your funnel. Mm-hmm. Now, I mentioned lookalike audiences. Uh, I'm sure not everybody knows what that is. Right. So a lookalike audience is, is a really powerful feature that, that Facebook offers where they will take one of your existing valuable audiences. So let's say your list of customers, people who've spent money with you in the past. Let's say if you're an e-commerce site or somebody selling something. You can upload those, those, those emails, like I said. You'll make a list of people. And now Facebook will analyze all those people and say, okay, we know who these people are. Based on a lot of different data points that they have, their algorithm will say, what's the similar characteristics between all these people? And then they'll help you find a lookalike audience of people who are very, very similar in characteristics to the people that you say were valuable to. And then they'll give you that audience that you can now market to. And you'd be surprised by how well that really works, that, that Facebook's pretty smart and, and that's why they're making so much money and people advertising with them so much because they know who's very likely to want to sign up for your for your product in, in the future right you run an ad agency right samo digital Correct. okay so why would i need your company why can't i just manage my own ads on facebook why do i need to pay an agency to manage it for me so you certainly can lots of companies do it in-house and do it themselves mm-hmm. but you know, it gets complicated depending on the scale and sophistication of what people are doing. There's things changing with Facebook all the time. The technology, the, the tools that they're giving are, are being updated. And, and, and Facebook's growing quick and rolling out new features quickly. So we stay on top of all the things that are going on. And once you start doing a lot of ads, it, it starts to get a bit more complicated. You know, we, we sign in every day. We look at things. We analyze the results, you know, from the prior day, from the prior seven days, from the prior 30 days, just to see the trends of what's working for you and what's not. We we, we create new images, we create copy for you. We'll, we'll basically keep our, our finger on the pulse of what's happening so that you don't have to worry about it. And then we'll report back to our clients, you know, based on, you know, whether it's weekly or monthly, depending on what they need. Here's what's working. Here's what's not working. Here's what we're changing. Here's where we're finding success. And many of our clients have been with us for over a year and are very happy with the results that they get. And it allows them to grow and not have to worry about one piece of their business while we're helping them to grow their businesses. Okay. I mean, one of your clients is eBay. So the question I wanted to ask you is, how did you manage to bag a massive client like eBay? How did you get How did you get a hold of them? How did they... Right, so the truth is, e- eBay was a campaign that I ran once. I was actually working for another company at the time. So they, mm-hmm. they weren't my client per se, but I, I did manage and run the campaign and work very closely with their team. So I, I can't say that it was my business development that, that landed that client, but I, I did run the campaign on behalf of my okay. former employer. Sure. And are there tons of Facebook marketing agencies out there? I mean, how do you compete in such a crowded market? So the reality is, is there aren't 
Certainly there are competitors, many competitors, but there aren't that many people that specialize exactly in Facebook ads. There are lots of agencies that do paid advertising where they're focused on Google ads and also do Facebook ads, but not as many right. people that focus specifically on Facebook ads. And the reality is I also try and niche myself down even more than Facebook ads. You know, I, uh, I try to focus within the, within the startup world and even more specifically in software as a service type, com- type companies. So by mm-hmm. billing myself and promoting myself as a specialist in a very, very specific type of, of company that I like to work with and a very, very specific type of service that I provide, I really stand out to the people within that niche. So if someone's running a software as a service company, what we call a SaaS company, then they'll say, oh, wow, like Aaron here is doing exactly working with my company. So if I can right. work with a different Facebook ad agency, Aaron, well, like I should talk to Aaron because he specializes in exactly my type of company. So even if I've made the the pond smaller per se, or, or my, my whole pie is much smaller, I can own a much bigger piece of it. Right. I mean, it's a big risk, obviously. And this is a question I get a lot from a lot of startups is, you know, do I go for the world or do I go through, you know, for a specific niche? Well, I have a very strong um, opinion about that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, go on. So, so <laughs> I, I'm a big believer in being niche, certainly, certainly at the beginning. You know, my, my experience for myself and, and, and many other people that I know in businesses that I've worked with is that when you try to be all things to all people, you end up being nothing to nobody. Right. Um, you know, I used to I used to run my business that I was a jack of all trades in online marketing, and I would help people with SEO, or building their website, or, or Facebook ads, or Google ads, or whatever it is. You know, I could help you. And the reality is, I did know all those things relatively well, but it made it really hard to be known for any of those things because I was doing all those things. And I've learned that the more I I changed my personal branding and, and my my message and my value statement to be more niche. The more niche I get, the more business naturally comes my way, and the easier it is to run my business. And and the reason why is that people think about Facebook ads, at least within the circle of people who know me, my name is, the, is the, the first name that comes to mind because they know that they could associate Aaron Zakowski with Facebook ads. And within mm. my own work cycle, I could be much better at it because I'm not focusing on Google ads anymore. And I'm not focusing on building websites with people anymore. So I could really focus my energy on becoming an expert in this one niche. And by doing that, I also have more time available to start writing content on my own website and guest, guest posting and things like that about Facebook ads. So it kind of builds that brand and that association bigger and bigger and bigger. And my work is that much easier because I'm only having to worry about one type of thing. I'm not signing in and out of multiple different platforms and, and using different types of technology every day. It's, I do one thing and I do it well. And if somebody wants help with that, then I'm a natural natural pick. And what's also great is also is you don't have unlimited time, you don't have unlimited uh, resources and money. And you know if you're trying to to do everything for everybody, you know the amount of money you're gonna have to spend trying to to reach everyone, it, 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 you're never gonna have enough money to do that. Whereas with a niche, you can right. you can put all of your resources into the into that specific target audience. Absolutely true. I, I have I have a very clearly defined target. Uh, client persona. I, mm-hmm. I know a lot about the type of person who's going to potentially hire me. I know very likely where they live in this world. I know approximately their age you, and gender. Can you, take us, can you take us through that just specifically? I mean, I, I prefer not to speak about you know my, my exact persona because I there are people who are competitors and and in, in that, <laughs> that sense you know it, it's okay. a small it's a small niche so I, I don't want to give away too many secrets there. I got it. No problem. By the way, uh, Aaron, I noticed on your Facebook page that you started talking a lot about Snapchat. Can you tell us a bit more about Snapchat? How it can help growing? Uh, sure. I mean, growth? Snapchat's been around for a couple of years, and, and for a long time, it's really only used by, by teenagers and, you know, college students and things like that. And, and it, it's starting to grow of age. I'm just playing around with it now for a few weeks and, and, and having a good time. Gary Vaynerchuk, who a lot of your listeners probably are familiar with, um, has been speaking a lot about it the last couple of weeks and has been really going all in. And, and his predictions, which often end up being true, is that 2016 is going to be the year that, that Snapchat, you know, takes off and, and a slightly older gen, um, 
older group of, of people that's saying they're in their 20s and 30s, you're going to start spending more time there. And what's nice about it is it's a very casual platform. What is it? What is Snapchat? Uh, so is what is Snapchat? Snapchat, Snapchat mm-hmm. is a new social platform that allows you to create very quick 10-second videos or, 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 or images that you can share. When you tell your story of your day, of what's going on around you, you could just talk to your camera and broadcast them to those people who are following you. But but the unique thing about it is the message will disappear within 24 hours. And if you send somebody wow. a, a personal message, a personal like private message, the video or the, the text will pretty much disappear as soon as they see it. So they see it once and it's gone. So it creates for a, a very casual conversation it creates for a very casual type of communication which is a lot of fun in many ways people are doing a lot of behind the scenes of you know here just get to know the real me it's, it's not polished content that you would put on facebook or youtube or someplace else it's just very raw or very, very authentic and, and that's a lot of fun twi- how is it different to twitter because twitter is just also you know you just send it out quick tweet with an image to a large extent twitter exists forever whatever you tweet will be there and Isn't that better? Because when you said that Snapchat, it dissolves after 24 hours, I thought, oh, that's terrible. Because when I produce content, and I, by the way, I'm like, I'm so big on just constantly, constantly producing content. Because in a year, two years, three years, 10 years from now, people will still be stumbling upon my content. And that's the beauty of it. I agree 100% with you. I want my content that I've invested in to last forever so that exactly. people could see it. And I have blog posts that I wrote two years ago that still drive an enormous amount of traffic traffic to my website. But the difference is on Snapchat, I'm not investing time in my content. It might just be, hey, I'm thinking about something. Let's just grab my phone and talk about it. And a lot of times what I like for myself is it's making me more comfortable in front of the camera. It's 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 helping me to loosen up and not worry about what people think and just be me and get comfortable and don't worry about the mistakes and don't worry about the ums and ahs and just do it. And, you know, it's kind of fun. It, it, it's kind of uh, refreshing just to be authentic and real and maybe you know show my kids a little bit and maybe just show <laughs> hey look there's some uh, snow starting to fall through that window right now you know it's it's fun i guess it i guess it makes you look like it, i mean i guess it exposes you as a human being people like to exactly. to work with human beings they don't like to work with corporate sort of entities I, I get a lot of people who email and they go they use the words we a lot you know we are doing this we are doing that well who, who are you you know i, I have no connection to we when someone sends me a picture of their family or, oh, by the way, you know, it was my son's birthday today and, and there's a picture of him and his son. I really connect to that person a lot more. We, you know, we live in a world where we're getting a lot of emails all the time, Facebook messages, everything. People are just blasting their companies all over the place, but nobody's paying attention because nobody cares. Right. So I'm investing very strongly right now in, in building my own personal brand. And I think that's actually something that everybody should be doing. Whether you're an employee, whether you're a college student, whether you're an entrepreneur, build your personal brand and just get out there. Let people know who you are, you know, create some content, let people see the real you and, and don't always have that professional polished show up all the time and, and just be real. And, and I think that's, you know, that's what I was speaking about a lot with Facebook ads about building relationships. But part of that relationship is letting people see the, see the real you, let people see your, your real life because people do business with people. They don't necessarily do business with companies all the time. Even you know, in the B2B space, you, know, you might hire a company, but ultimately you're going to hire a company because you've liked the people you've dealt with in that company. So, right, right. I mean, when I, when I used to do a lot of sales, when I was the, the sales guy in my, in my company that I built up, a lot of times I had people on the phone, potential clients who would say, you know, I've spoken to a lot of guys today also selling the same thing. But with you, I felt like you just sort of connected on a personal level. And it was something that I always try to do. I always try to make it a little bit more personal because when somebody's calling, you know, three to four different companies in the day and he's speaking to different sales guys and they're pitching what, why they're the best, why, why they're good at what they do, everybody just sounds the same. 
right? Everyone just sounds exactly the same. But when you speak to somebody and they start talking about, hey, you know, you know, I don't know, whatever. You know, I got snowed in the other day and I had to work from home. It's like you just suddenly connect. There's suddenly a human being on the other line. And uh, I got a lot of clients signing up with us just based on that, that one point. I believe it. Um, but I think that a lot of the people listening will think they're too scared. You know, there's almost like, in a way, the corporate brand protects me as a person because I feel vulnerable. You know, if I do a YouTube video exposing myself, or I, or I put up a picture of my family, I don't know, like people are going to, you know, I'm always, people are worried about what people think. I remember a number of years ago when I did the About Us page for my company, Jet Virtual, I was thinking, should I put a picture of my family on the page or not? Because, you know, on the one hand, I want to look like this big corporate company, very successful, very established. And if I put a picture of like me and my wife and my kids, it's going to look like, oh, you know, it's a little business, a little company. And I find that a lot of people struggle with that, with that question, that they're worried to expose them, their personal lives. It's a, it's a big question that I think every, you know, business owner has to think about is, is how much do I want to have, you know, my, my own personality be a part of this company? And depending on your industry and what you're doing, you know, you, you have to figure that out for yourself. But I'm a big believer, like I said before, in that, that vulnerability is, is good, that, that people like to see you being vulnerable, that people like to see you being real and connecting with you as an individual, like you said your experience was. And, and Snapchat, is, is a, I see, is a place to, to help you do that because you mm -hmm. might feel vulnerable, but it's going to disappear in 24 hours. And then it's gone. So it's a very right. different type of content. You know, if I'm going to invest in a, in a polished piece of content and, and really, you know, high grade production quality. Well, then I'm not going to put that on Snapchat. I'm going to create right. a video that's going to go on YouTube. I'm going to write a really polished blog post on my blog. But I don't invest a lot of energy in, in what I'm doing on Snapchat right now. If I've got a thought or something interesting is going on around me, I'll just grab my phone and talk for 10 seconds and then put it away. And you know what? Right. Not a big investment in my time. But what I am finding, though, is that and I don't have a huge following over there, but, you know, 30, 40 people are listening to everything that I say over there. And that's kind of a cool feeling. You know, when I tweet something, I don't really think so many people are seeing it, truthfully. Right. I mean, do, do you know what? The other thing as well is I think the more you practice exposing yourself, the more you're, you'll feel comfortable doing it. Like when I started my podcast, so I, I remember the first episode I did, I was petrified. I was, I was like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do it. I think I recorded the first, my first episode, episode zero, I think I recorded it 25 times <laughs> before I was happy with it. And, and I was up till I think three in the morning. And, but now, you know, I'm okay. I get on the phone. I, I, I you know, and it's just, it flows. And it's the same thing I think with YouTube or with anything where you just experience well, you, if you expose yourself continuously, you get over that fear. It's the same thing with public speaking. The best way to be the best public speaker is to just get up and just start speaking. Even if it's in front of a small group at first, just expose yourself and you'll, you'll, you'll overcome the fears. I think um, yeah. And I was saying, and, and I think the important thing is when you just go ahead and do it, you know, when it comes to public speaking and, and other things like that is you'll see that people are very forgiving. That, that when you go out there and you make some mistakes and nobody really cares too much and they still like your overall message becomes a lot less uh, intimidating through the next time because you see that, you know, it, it went well and nobody really cared that I made some mistakes. And like you said, that, that's very liberating. It gives you a lot more confidence to go forward and do it the next time. And, and that, that's the other benefit of Snapchat that I find for me is that it's just giving me practice to get over those fears. Right. And I think Facebook, that's why Facebook is so powerful as well, is because I guess when you're building pages and even if you're building it's a, a company page, but people can still click on your face and see who you are. That you know, who, as a person, they can actually see who you are, and I think that's also uh, the 
what's what's so powerful about Facebook ads. Another thing that, that came to mind as well, by the way, I do a lot of email marketing, and you mentioned that before. It's one of the most powerful tools for, for growing your, your client base. I remember I sent a lot of emails, and one day, I don't know why I did this. I guess I was inspired by somebody like Gary Vaynerchuk or Neville Medora. I don't know if you've ever heard of Neville, but they're very, they, they're very, they don't care about people's thing in terms of they just put out whatever they want. And so there was this one time that I put out an email, and I, in the PS at the end, I wrote, Daniel Geffen, husband to bossy wife and father of three little rascals. And I was so petrified. I remember hitting send. I was like, oh, no, I sent it. You know, but, you know, the, the, that was the first email. That was the first email that I got. I mean, there were so many responses from people that just said, hey, I'm also a father, or I'm also, I've also got a bossy wife, or oh, my husband's bossy, or my kids are also rather like just people were engaging with that email more than any other email I've ever sent. Uh, it was incredible. For me, it was a huge eye opener. We need to wrap this up. But uh, Aaron, can you share with our listeners just one practical piece of advice that they can use today to rapidly grow their business? So what I would say is get started with Facebook ads, even with a very low budget. $5 a day is enough. The way I would get started is targeting those people who already know you. That could be your Facebook fans. That could be, like we said, downloading your email list onto into Facebook and then targeting those people. There's actually a blog post. If you check out my blog at aaronzakowski.com, I wrote a while back, but it's very, very relevant still today, where you can export all of your Gmail contacts or you, whoever's it, whichever uh, contact book you're using, export all the emails of the people you know, export all your contact lists in, in LinkedIn and other places as well, and, and there's ways to do that. And then you can import those emails, again, of people who know you. And the people who know you are going to be people who most likely want to do business with you, whether it's like your page, whether it's to sign up for your, your eBooks, whether it's just to read your blog posts and run ads to the people who already know who you are and have relationships with you. And it's a good way to, uh, to get started with Facebook ads and building stronger relationships with the people that already have a relationship with you. Okay, so just go to aaronzakowski.com and it's on there. I'm going to put that in my show notes. So if anyone listening wants to go there, they can click on the, on, uh, go to the show notes and the link will be there. Aaron, this has been really informative. I hope my listeners have gained as much as I have from this interview. Thank you so much for letting me pick your brain. And thank you to all my fellow listeners for tuning in. I'm looking forward to the day when I will be picking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.